welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a very interesting show today on a subject that I am not familiar with, so we're going to let this author, Paul Levy, just talk and talk and talk. Um, we're speaking today with Paul Levy in the book is Watigo, Healing the Mind Virus That Plagues Our World. Very interesting book, very deep, easy to read, and the information, you know, kind of just grabs you, so I highly recommend this book. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience helping people break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website. That's MoniqueChapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. <clears throat> My guest today, a pioneer in the field of spiritual emergence, Paul Levy is a wounded healer in private practice, assisting others who are also awakening to the dreamlike nature of reality. Among his books are the recently released Watigo, Healing the Mind, <clears throat> excuse me, Virus That Plagues Our World, and Quantum Revelation, and... Um, Breaking uh, and Dispelling with Ego, Breaking the Curse of Evil. He is the founder of the Awaken in the Dream community in Portland, Oregon. He's an artist. He is deeply steeped in the work of C.G. Jung and has been a Tibetan Buddhist practitioner for over 35 years. He's a faculty member of the Shift Network, and you can check him out at his website, and that is Awaken in the dream.com again awaken in the dream.com welcome paul i am so happy to be here with you monique thank you you're welcome i'm glad to have you so please explain to us what is watigo i am completely not familiar with it so we need all the education you want to give us sure well watigo it's a native american term and it's actually this virus of the mind it's a mind virus that's that's literally at the bottom of the madness and the evil that's playing out in the world today. And so, you know, there are all these ways I can describe it. It's a psycho spiritual disease of the soul. It's this blindness, like a mind blindness um, that in a sense, we're all infected by in potential. It exists in the collective unconscious 
which is to say that we all potentially, you know, can fall prey to it at any given moment. And it operates through the projective tendencies of the mind and the origin of what you go and keep in mind, this is a Native American term, but every spiritual wow. tradition throughout history has been pointing at Watiko just in their own creative way. Mm-hmm. And its source is within our psyches. And that means that the solution is also within our psyches. And one final thing, just to complete the real succinct you know, intro to Watiko, is that it's a quantum phenomenon. And what I mean by that is that similar to how, you know, when when quantum physicists discovered light is either a wave or a particle, which are complete contradictions, depending mm-hmm. on how we observe it, Watiko, this mind virus, is the source of the greatest evil, and it contains its own vaccine. It contains its own medicine, and not only that, it's actually the greatest catalyst for human evolution. So it's this revelation that is being offered to us, but if we don't recognize what it's showing us, it kills us, okay? That's mm-hmm. what he go in a nutshell. Okay, so how do we recognize what we're dealing with, whether, um, you know, is it healing for us or making us more insane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, the thing about what he go, it's this, it's what I call this dreaming phenomena. And what I mean by that, it's something... We are literally creating, we are dreaming up in each and every moment or not. Okay, there's no such thing as Watiko as an objective, independently existing mind virus that we should be afraid of. It Uh feeds off of fear. So we are literally dreaming it up moment by moment. And, you know, that's, that's pointing at that we have, you see, it's, an expression that we are not in touch with our creative power. Each of us, we all feel so helpless mm-hmm. with the madness that's going on in the world, but each of us have this enormous creative agency at our disposal. We always have it 24-7, but we don't know we have it. So because we're unconscious of our creative power, then we we will literally dream up the external world in the form of a collective psychosis, i.e., the Watiko psychic epidemic, to actually pick up our own creative agency in a way and turn it against us. Okay. So break it down a little bit further and yeah, sure. uh, deal with it as we're, you know, everybody in the world right now is going through some form of COVID pre post whatever um, right oh totally we're all in a state of incredible mm-hmm. collective trauma now a very simple way of understanding you know because what he it's such a multi-dimensional and profound idea but a very simple way of understanding it you know in the apocryphal text of the bible mm-hmm. they, they're continually talking about you know what they meaning christ um and they call it the counterfeiting spirit and of course that got edited out of the bible you know, it's in the apocryphal text because I point out that Watiko was on the editorial board, but how they describe the counterfeiting spirit. So it actually puts us on this counterfeiting spirit. <clears throat> spirit has no creativity, but it impersonates us. And so it puts us on with a fictitious version of ourselves. Oh, I'm limited. I'm wounded. I'm traumatized. And if we're not awake in that moment, we will unconsciously identify with its limited version of ourselves. Uh-huh. And we so then we've stepped out of our true nature of who we actually are. 
So what we've actually done are three things. We've, we've given ourselves away. We have identified with who we are not. And then we've disconnected from our creative agency. That's a recipe for madness. And that's Watiko right there. That's a description of how Watiko works. You know, and then it becomes a self-reinforcing feedback loop. As soon as we identify with this limited, traumatized, wounded version, you see, uh-huh. being a dreamed-up phenomena, Watiko is revealing to us the dream-like nature because this is a collective dream that we are all dreaming up moment by moment, and that's part of the revelation of Watiko. So it's actually that's showing that hidden in the pathology is this blessing. It's literally helping us. But if we don't recognize the the revelatory aspect of Watiko, then mm-hmm. it just assumes it's programmed function where we where it kills us, but it it doesn't even exist. We are complicit. We are dreaming it up. So that's what I mean when all of this is a dreaming phenomena. And I, you know, I could write a book about that, and I've written mm-hmm. two with a third one on the way, all about Watiko being a dreamed up phenomena. Mm-hmm. So as we're dreaming up this phenomenon and we're in this energy that we're swimming in today, once we realize that our thoughts being connected possibly to mass mind consciousness is not helping us, how do we extract ourselves from that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question because, you know, the thing that takes away Watiko's power is to see it. Because remember, it operates through the blind spots of our psyche. Mm -hmm. And as long as we don't see it, we unwittingly offer ourselves to be an instrument through which it incarnates and we're oblivious. We don't even know that that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so when we see Watiko, we take away its power and we become empowered. But it's not an object that we see in an ordinary way, in a subject-object way, because it operates through the very psyche. That's the medium of its operations, and that's also the medium through which we're investigating it. So it's not an object that we see, but Mm -hmm. when we begin to see how it's informing and giving shape to events in the world, as well as it's it's like activating our own unconscious reactions to those events, mm-hmm. we begin to discover, oh, there's a non-local field. This is a physics term. Mm-hmm. There's a non-local field in which we're all contained, of which we're all expressions. And all of a sudden to see the non-local field and in that non-local field, which is quantum in nature, there's no separate parts. So all of a sudden we're beginning to expand our vision when we begin to see what you go and begin to see holistically And that actually, our heart opens, our awareness expands, and we get in touch with our own wholeness. And that's kryptonite to Watiko. Very interesting. So how do we actually heal it? Yeah. Well, when we know, no, Watiko, I mean, you know, and keep in mind, people who who understand what Watiko is, for example, in the Castaneda books, Don Juan, Carlos, Mm -hmm. was pointing at Watiko. He, he, you know, he called it the predator or, or just, he had different names for it. He didn't have the name Watiko. And he says, this is the topic of topics. You know, there's nothing more important to understand in our world today than Watiko. If we don't understand it, then we're doomed. And so the idea is this, is that to the extent we're not in touch with who we actually are with our nature, then we dream up Watiko, you know, in a negative way. But The idea is when we get in touch with who we are with our nature, what do we discover? 
we discover that our nature by its very nature is creative. That is to say, then we, when we have realization of our nature, we become creative. And the more we creatively express ourselves, the more we know our nature in a positive feedback loop that creates light upon light. And just like when you let in sunlight into a room, the, mm-hmm. the darkness, which seemed real, all of a sudden it instantaneously evaporates as if it never existed. The same way when you bring in light, when you bring in consciousness, you know, to the sphere of Uatico, it mm-hmm. vaporizes like the phantom that it always was as if it never existed. Mm, okay. So you mentioned Castaneda and you talked about, you know, the Uatico. How did you discover this word? Is it uh, the, the Native Americans? Yeah. Or? Well, what happened for me was very, you know, without going into the story, um, I had a personal experience in my family where I had a very seemingly happy, healthy childhood. And then all of a sudden, you know, something played out. In essence, my father got possessed by, you know, I didn't have the name then, but by Watiko. And, you know, he acted out. He acted it out and I was the recipient being the only child. But the thing which just blew my mind was how the whole field, the whole family system configured to protect the abuser. And then I real, and so this created such suffering for me being the recipient of my father acting out as abuse that I went so deeply inwards into my own mind that I had this life transforming spiritual awakening in 1981, but immediately it got me in trouble because I was so ecstatic when I began to realize we're having a collectively shared dream that I got thrown in mental hospitals and mm-hmm. I was diagnosed, oh, you're mentally ill. You'll have this illness the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were crazy. I knew they had no <laughs> idea what was happening. I mean, you know, that saved me having that realization. But then I began, I could not believe the abuse and the madness that was informing the whole psychiatric system. Mm-hmm. And then I began to recognize, wait a second, the same malevolent force that had come through my father was now coming through the the system of psychiatry. And I began to realize it pervades, it's non-local. And then I began to recognize that same evil force was coming through the greater body politic of our world. It was playing out through collective events. That's when I began to realize all of these were iterations of the same deeper fractal. And it was the non-local field that I was talking about you know, the quantum field that was coming through in this seemingly malevolent way, but Mm -hmm. it was actually teaching me something. So instead of just becoming completely insane, I was taking notes and drawing maps and more and more I began to understand there's something that's being revealed to me. And then I discovered the native idea of Watiko and and being a modern person, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just a translator. I just translated this indigenous wisdom into a modern psychological idiom. Okay. Um, talk to us about what's going on in Ukraine right now, Putin and Watigo. How does all of that interact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just wrote an article all about that. Um, it's on my website. And basically, you know, I point out, and I have a big chapter in my new book on Watiko, all about how when there's war, war is Watiko. You know, war is Watiko in action. And what I'm pointing out is that that you see the thing about Watiko, it's an inner disease of the soul that has mm-hmm. a magical ability. And its magical ability is that it's somehow able to expend, extend itself out into the outside world so as to configure events in the outer world 
in such a way that what's happening in the outer world is reflecting what's happening within a psyche that's under its thrall. Mm-hmm. What I'm describing, that's just like a dream. We're in a dream, a night dream. The outer dream is a reflection of the inner state of the psyche. So I'm pointing out that that the war in Ukraine, when you have the eyes to see, it is showing us, it is Watiko, you know, in embodied form. But the point is, you know, it's a reflection of an inner archetypal process, a spiritual process inside of us, where in the same way that the kingdom of heaven is within, in the Bible, they talk about there's a war in heaven. And that's also an internal process that's getting dreamed up and revealing itself through the war in Ukraine. And the final point is that what it's showing us is the profound and primary importance of the human psyche in creating events in our life, that until we actually add light to that, then we're going to be fated to continually unconsciously act out in a destructive way, our own creative energy. Okay. So we are in that cycle of acting out unconsciously and things are going horribly wrong. What type of shift can we make to reverse the energy to bring more love, more light? Right, right. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, so not only the war in Ukraine, just in so many ways, we as a species, you know, it's clear we're we're enacting collective suicide. You know, we're destroying the very biosphere, the life support system of the planet in so many ways. You know, it's almost as if we want to ensure in case this way doesn't destroy us, this way will. It's total madness. But I ask the question, how come we're doing that? How come we are destroying ourselves? And I I point out that we are destroying ourselves because we don't know how not to destroy ourselves. And that means that encoded in the act of destroying ourselves, this is the way we're teaching ourselves how to not destroy ourselves. Okay, that's an example encoded in the pathology is the medicine. But Mm -hmm. unless we get the message, it's like a recurring dream. When you have a dream and you don't get the message, Mm -hmm. then it recurs and it recurs in more and more amplified form until you finally get the message. That's what's happening with the Watiko epidemic. We are literally dreaming up in more and more amplified forms this message of like, and it's exactly what we need to know. It's actually unlocking our creative agency. It's connecting us with our power. It's helping us to remember who we are. It's actually um, showing us the dreamlike nature and it's unlocking our nature as love and compassion. But if we don't get that, if we don't get the message, because you see the thing in essence, what Watiko is, it's a misidentification of who we think we are. If we think we're a separate self, if Mm -hmm. I think I'm separate from you, well, then you're an other. As soon as you're an other, fear arises. Fear Mm -hmm. is is the superfood for Watiko. What Watiko is showing us, it's literally (laughs) showing us that we are interconnected, that there is no separate self, that we depend on each other for our own well-being. And that's an expansion of consciousness. And the energetic expression of that is compassion. And that's the medicine. That's the the cure for Watiko. It's encoded, hidden within the pathology is its very cure. And that's what my whole work is about, is trying to show people Watiko is a revelation. What's happening is a living revelation. But if we don't get the message, then we're doomed. Mm. Okay. In the book, you talk about 
um, in chapter eight, um, a cancer of the soul. So what we're going through now, if we don't heal it, it will continue to just eat away at us. It is, is it yeah, like yeah. eating away civilization or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, in my work, I, I talk, I try to articulate what Tico in as many ways as I can imagine. You know, mm -hmm. it's a parasite, it's a mind virus, it's a vampire, you know, all these things. And it's like a cancer. It's a cancer that's metastasizing within the human psyche and within the greater body politic of our species. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so, yeah, that's that's just a way that's just, you know, sort of this symbolic expression. Uh, you see, because the thing is, I'm trying to help people to see what he go and mm -hmm. any one model, oh, it's a vampire, it's a parasite, it's a tapeworm, it's a virus, it's, you know, that has this, this certain, you know, it'll show us a certain aspect of what It's like this, it's like when the quantum physicists discovered um, the quantum, you know, they had never come across anything like it. It was like coming across this never seen before animal. And they were, were literally saying, it's like we have this never seen before creature, the quantum, in an animal house, and we're peering from all the different windows, and we see all these different views, and we're trying to put our, our you know, perceptions and our, uh -huh. all the different perspectives together so as to actually understand what is the nature of this, of this unknown mysterious creature. That's exactly what I'm trying to do with Watiko. You know, I'm pointing out it's like this, it's like that, it has this aspect and that aspect. It's something we've never seen before. And the origin is in our own mind. It's actually teaching us about who we are and our place in the universe. So that's kind of why, you know, oh, there's a chapter on it being a cancer. There's a chapter mm -hmm. on, you know, I'm, I'm just continually trying to circumambulate, you know, from all different directions. And circumambulation, that's an alchemical term, you you know circle around the center, making the center the object of your contemplation more more apparent, more visible, and it creates medicine power when mm -hmm. you circle around the center. You know, and the, the whole weight of the soul, because what Tico is teaching us about our soul, about who we are, but it actually will literally create healing energy by doing the circumambulatio. It's like a sacred ritual. Okay. And how does Watigo fit into the ascension process? Everybody's using the bud, buzzword ascension right now, you know, as growth. Sure, sure. Upward. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It totally fits into that in the sense, you know, if I, to whatever degree I do, see Watiko, yeah, that'll improve my life and, you know, unlock my creativity and get so many personal benefits. But in the greater scheme of things, that's meaningless. Mm -hmm. But if more and more of us actually, if we awaken to what Watiko was showing us and we awaken to the dreamlike nature and we awaken to who we are and we unlock our creative agency and connect with our compassion and we connect with each other mm -hmm. through that realization, we discover we can put what we're having the realization of together in a way where we can, in a literal way, change the dream the waking dream we're having we can literally you know um sort of make this difference in the world in a real way not just in an imaginative way uh -huh. in a way a way of describing that is we discover that we can consciously step into and participate in our own evolution
That's what I mean when I say Watiko is the greatest catalyst for the evolution of our species that's ever been known. And that is completely, that's mapping on to when people talk about the ascension process, that mm -hmm. we have it within our power, but it all has to do not only with our inner having this realization, but connecting collectively with other people who are having this realization. And that collective realization, you know, whether you call it the 100th monkey phenomena or the Bible mm -hmm. talks about the 144,000, that's mm -hmm. a symbolic number. When there's a certain yeast in the dough of the bread, it rises, it ascends, it leavens. That's the point. When enough of us connect with each other, we discover we can activate the genius, our collective genius, and mm -hmm. we can conspire to co-inspire each other. That's a true conspiracy theory in a way <laughs> where we can dream ourselves awake. That's what this is all about. And Watiko, mm -hmm. even though it's manifesting as this evil thing that's destroying us, it's actually our greatest ally. Okay. So as we are dreaming ourselves awake, is it a, can it be a, relatively short process or is it something that is elongated well, out over generations? It's an ongoing, this universe is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. It never yeah. gets to an end, you yeah. know, and so are we, you know, and so is our inquiry into Watiko, you know, so the idea is, is that when we connect with who we are as creators, you know, mm -hmm. that we are creative beings made in the image of our creator and we connect with other people who are also tapping into that realization, then the question becomes, oh, okay, now, now we see Watiko, we see how it operates by informing and giving shape to world events that are reflecting what's happening inside of our psyches. We see how it operates in our minds via our unconscious reactions and identifications and all that. So we see Watiko, but then we, we realize if we become too fascinated with you know, Watiko, well, then we're feeding it. But if we turn a blind eye, we're feeding it too. That's why the importance of seeing how it works. But then when you see it, you discover, wait a second, I'm a sovereign being. I get to choose how I invest my awareness and my attention. Mm -hmm. And I'm now choosing to actually investing my attention into creating the world I want to live in. That I'm discovering, oh, I'm not separate from people I want to create a world that is an expression of that, a world informed by love and compassion. And that's the that's the dissolver. That's the Watiko dissolver par excellence of Watiko. Okay. Now yeah. we go to your website, awakenindthedream.com, and we click on that uh, articles tab. One of your articles really caught my attention. I'm doing a lot of work with ancestry and it's liberating the ancestors. So how does Watigo help with liberating the ancestors? Because sometimes yeah. I don't think we realize the great connection that we have. Sure, sure. So in my next Watiko book, my third one coming out, you know, mm -hmm. within the year, mm -hmm. you know, I talk about what is the genesis of Watiko? Like some people think, oh, was there a collective trauma that happened or were there these negative ETs? that, you know, interfered in our evolution. And I point out, well, I certainly don't know. Those are interesting. But Watiko is something that is getting created in this and, and each and every moment. We, you know, we are colluding in its creation. And tracing it back further, it, the genesis of Watiko, I point out, is in unhealed multi-generational ancestral abuse. And to the extent 
you know, that there's this ancestral abuse that hasn't been healed, the person who hasn't healed it just unconsciously is fated to act it out onto the next of kin, who -hmm. then they become the recipient of the inheritance of the lineage of the unhealed abuse. And to the, you know, just in an endless link in the chain, if they don't, you know, integrate it and heal it, then they just act it out in whatever way they do. And the point is, is that we are the inheritors and the recipients of our ancestors' unconscious, unhealed trauma and abuse. And to the extent that any of us actually, if we do our inner work, integrate our shadow, you know, heal our trauma, however you language it, uh-huh. you know, to awaken in the dream, to see what Tico, just all different ways of saying the same thing, then we stop that link in the chain. And we then heal the ancestors and even, you know, in the future, the future generations in a way that I can't articulate. I don't fully understand it, but I I really have a knowing that that's what happens. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, in a way, your question brings up the real genesis and origin of Watiko is the unhealed trauma and abuse of our species, keeping in mind that Watiko informs the process of trauma and addictions. Oh, interesting, because I was going to talk about addiction. So talk about addictions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, like the thing about Watiko, it, it inspires us to act out in ways that don't serve us, that uh-huh. are against our best interest. And we all see ourselves doing that at certain points. And think about an addiction. We actually then are, even with awareness, we will act out the addiction in a way that, you know, not only isn't serving us, but is actually harming us, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very much like trauma. And then our way of, of dealing with the addiction is, oh, we, we double down and we do it again. So it becomes a self-reinforcing feedback loop that feeds on itself. And that's a description of Watiko because Watiko is an energy that gets in us and it can literally possess us. It can literally get in the driver's seat, so to speak, of our vehicle, of our soul in such a way that's, that it's driving the car. It's driving mm-hmm. us. And, and all, you know, so all of a sudden it's like we're compulsively acting something out in the form of our addiction, you know, or in the way of trying to heal our trauma, the way we try to heal it, actually, it, it recreates the very trauma we're trying to heal from. It's a self-generating feedback loop without end until we actually bring light to it, become uh-huh. aware of it. And, and, you know, that's not fully it. Then we have to actually step out of that feedback loop of have the energy, you know, and the courage and the awareness to actually step out of the feedback loop whose origin is within ourselves. We're actually colluding with that process. And all, you know, in my book, I think it's the one that just came out on Watiko, I talk all about the addiction and trauma process as a way, like, you know, of understanding Watiko and understanding Watiko helps to unlock the addiction and the trauma process. Okay. So before we talk um, about how you work with people in private practice, I noticed that on many of your books, the artist Sting makes very wonderful comments about you. Have you worked worked with Sting personally or do you yeah, know well, him? Yeah, well, I mean, he's someone I know and he, mm-hmm. he he reached out to me probably, I don't know, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, you know, and much to my surprise, I get an email from Sting and he evidently had been studying my work and has been a big fan and supporter of my work. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, really happy about that. 
And um, yeah, so no, I'm just, you know, and I so appreciate it. I mean, he's been so kind and just supportive because mm-hmm. he recognizes that what I'm bringing out, that it, it's real, it's medicine, you yes. know, and, and particularly people who've been through their own ordeals, who've been really deeply suffering or traumatized or struggling with addictions or alcoholism or mental illness or, you know, who've really been through the darkness, mm-hmm. you know, people like that, when they come across my work in Watiko, they immediately recognize what I'm pointing at, but um, people who haven't really gone there and are still contained in, in their happy bubble of, oh, everything's great and, you know, and all that, they'll hear about a mind virus and they just think I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of out there. Out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. So talk to us about private practice. How do you work with people? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea how to answer that. And um, well, in that it's do- very, it's very creative in mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a therapist, but you know, and I've been doing this over 25 years. So many of my clients are psychiatrists, therapists, the Jungian analysts, and I just enter the present moment with them, you know, and really try to connect with their dreaming process in a way that I kind of enter it with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I never know what's going to happen. Um, and, and that's as it should be. So there's no technique or modality right. or agenda or anything. And, um, but people find it really, really helpful to the point where, you know, I have so many people who want to work with me. I, I don't even know what to do type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's, it's basically because, so I'm, I'm this wounded healer, you know, and because I was so deeply, you know, having this wound and trauma from the abuse from my father that I was telling you about. And I went, the, the archetype of the wounded healer is instead of avoiding the wound or compartmentalizing it, you know, the wounded healer is somebody who's been deeply wounded. And by going through that experience of their wound, just like, you know, a shaman descending into the underworld of the unconscious, they access certain gifts, Uh certain gifts of healing that are helpful for the community, for the world. And so I'm, you know, I've written extensively about the wounded healer. And I know that from the inside, because, you know, I kind of embody that archetype. And so when people share their suffering and their pain, you know, instead of a normal person might try to fix them or give them advice or try to get away because it's so uncomfortable. No, I'm incredibly comfortable with just presencing people's pain and suffering and trauma because I'm so familiar and in a way comfortable with my own. And just being seen in that way, I think is so profoundly healing for people. Mm, yes, it is. Um, you have a new book coming out. Does it have a title yet? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's still in the process. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really know. Um, I've heard a rumor from um, the guy who's making the cover. I think they're calling it Undreaming Watiko. You know, and I like oh, that. Undreaming Watiko. Just like we can dream up Watiko, which mm-hmm. we're masters at. Mm-hmm. We can undream it. And that's really what my work is about, is showing how we can uncreate and undream Watiko. And then that energy that was invested in creating the madness and the evil becomes available for creativity, for for expressing love and Mm -hmm. compassion. Okay. Well, if you are so inclined, send me a copy and we'll have you back on to talk about it. You're you're welcome. You have one book um, that I have to get, and it's The Madness of George W. Bush. 
Um, I, I thought, you know, when he was elected, I actually sat down and cried. Um, but then I picked myself up and, you know, I kind of realized to a certain degree, he was kind of avenging his dad and whatever happened, but that is a book I'm definitely going to get and check out because I love the political books. So I'm going to do that. Um, Paul, our time is almost up. Why don't you, um, share a pearl of wisdom with the audience? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, um, just spontaneously, the pearl is that, you know, instead of falling into despair and pessimism, which we have all the evidence for in the world going so mad and being in such a dark place, you know, what, for example, what the, what the teachings on Watiko are, are showing us is that each one of us have this enormous creative power that, mm-hmm. you know, we've just been unconscious of. And it's because we've been unconscious of it that Watiko, which has no creativity, you know, plugs into our creativity and turns it against us. But when we tap into our nature and our nature is creative, you know, then we can, in a real way, we can make a difference and genuinely help. And, um, you know, and that's available to us. It's always been available to us. It's available to us right now in this moment. And that's the good news. I mean, that's really, Mm. really good news. Okay, well, folks, you know, if you want to really affect change, not only for yourself, but the world, based on what I understand, um, Paul is saying, you know, stop watching TV and and watch you go inside. (laughs) Okay, pay attention to what's going on. Um, Paul, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very, very much. Oh, it's totally, you know, I just feel so honored, really. Can't thank you enough. Oh, well, thank you. And to the audience, I thank you for being with us. And I appreciate your time and attention. And please remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering Platigo. Abundant blessings, light, and love to all. Agape.